Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. What's that? Why, it's that one show that we do all the time here. It's all about the themes of Saturday Morning TV, which, yeah, we grew up with watching and loving. And now, well, we're still watching and loving those same themes in modern pop culture. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Well, it's what's happening, so and get used to it. Uh, as your guide through this weird little journey, uh, it's me, Dan Grimshay. And you should have known that coming. Uh, and also, well, I bet you can you can lay money on who's next to me. Mark E, speak up. Hey, hey, everybody. Nice to be here. That's enough. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy the Gent, I see you right across from me here in the studio. How are you now, Dan? I'm fine, and I've heard enough of you. <laughs> because I still haven't heard from Johnny Heck, who's still here in the studio. Well, I've left since the last one. Hey, yo. All right, I promise after we're done tonight, you can go. But... It's about time we did a That One Guy episode. Oh, it's 2021? Oh, who's that? Oh, oh, that's, uh, oh, oh, he's, uh, 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 he's from, um, uh, with, with, uh, oh, is that one guy? Chris Dianamotopoulos. I knew I could trust you. Did, did I get it? No. No. Okay. Not Jimmy? How, what's his name? Dematopoulos. Chris Dematopoulos. Chris. Okay. Damn it. Uh, and uh, no, no harm, no foul. It's a Greek name. Uh-huh. It's got about 14 vowels. The only Greek name I know is Balki Bartokomos. That's, uh, no, that's Nepolis. What, what was what That's was Balky's homeland? Me- uh, he was from Mipolos, but I think that was in Greek. That was, that was like a Greek island. No, no, it was completely fictional. I know, but it was a, it was a Greek. Uh, if you take it back long enough, it was a Greek thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, all right, already the first uh, the first side the first note. controversy. No, we're not getting past it. <laughs> we're gonna work this out yeah. now. Should the Greeks Hold be on. offended by perfect strangers? Go. McLaughlin group. Jimmy the Jet Lazinski, you're not saying much. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just so ridiculous. The whole concept. In two twenty AD, Mipolos broke away from the Greek Empire and they were very strong. And never looked back. Settled by that one hunchback in 300, right? No, all right, let's get back on track because Chris Dematopoulos was not on Perfect Strangers. But he's pretty much been in everything else. Is that right? Is that why we're doing this show? Well, I, I know I, this guy caught my eye many years ago. 
because he played Mo in the mm. Three Stooges. I don't know. You call it a reboot. The Farley Brothers. The Farley Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Farley Brothers did some. Uh, put their. I guess you could say they put their brand of humor on the Three Stooges, what but I think French it was the call, other way around. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> so he played Mo, which I, I think we all know is he's the unofficial leader of the Stooges. Yeah, that's that's top of the call sheet on that movie. I think I thought Larry had the top of the call sheet. What? Sean Hayes. Wasn't Hayes. it Larry, Moe, and Curly? Sean Hayes, I believe, is probably built. He might, but Moe no. But I'm just being Sean Hayes, but, which arguably the actual top. biggest star. Right. I'm, I'm talking got, about the, my argument. I'm talking about the actual Three Stooges. Wasn't it Larry, Moe, and Curly? Isn't that how you normally would call out the Three Stooges? Maybe I'm thinking of uh, of of the hardware store. <laughs> That's Minnie, Moe, and Jack. Ah, uh, well, I know there's a Moe, and it was the auto part. Well, then yeah. who are the cereal guys? That was Snap, Crackle, Pop. Oh, damn it. I'm you thinking were... of the guy that owns the bar. No, that was Joe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Flaming street. Joe. Yeah. 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 I think we okay, no, figured it anyway, out. Anyway, I think I am making sense when I say Mo is the captain of the studio. I, he, he is. Would stand but in the he's, but he's he not top billed. He would poke eyes first. Yes. I think Mo is the leader. Absolutely. Well, in my anyway, Chris Dematopoulos won my heart ah. as Mo. And he starts popping up everywhere. Uh-huh. And then it turns out he is also probably prolifically the most uh, as a voice actor. Yeah. Uh, and I know he's been in a lot of properties that I personally am not watching anymore. But I bet Jimmy, Marky. Uh, do you want to go around the table? Johnny, anybody know or find out during this discovery process who he's vo- voiced? He, well, he's voiced uh, the Green Arrow. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Many times. He recently voiced uh, Steve Trevor in Justice Society World War II. Which is why well, he's here with us today. Yes, matter of fact, today. I he's the voice of, got uh, an interview with him doing <laughs> a little bit of promo work with yours truly, if I'm uh, not mistaken, Jimmy. You are not. Well, and he, perfect. Let's play that one later. You, uh, yeah, stick around for that, kid. <laughs> You're okay uh, with that? Good. <laughs> that later. You're signing off on it? That'll be, that'll be on the uh, 15s and the 30s, right on the uh, quarter and a half hours. <laughs> While you're Roughly. driving on the 9s? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to the traffic. And he's also the, voice of, the new voice of Mickey Mouse. In the, oh, in the, come on. We cannot cross over big. that. Yeah, that's big. When you mentioned that, I said, well, then we got to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shouldn't go. Hey, Steve Trevor, pretty big. That's a pretty, pretty big feather. Yeah, but he's yeah. not Mickey Mouse. Geez. Mickey Mouse. This guy's the voice of Mickey Mouse. Well, he, on the new series, uh, the, the new kind of re-envisioning of Mickey Mouse, he's the voice. And also on the new ride in Disney World and at Disneyland, uh, Runaway Rail Train. So that's pretty much immortal. And that he? says something. Just yeah. to take a moment to speak about like the soundtracks of uh, Disney rides, going to Disneyland and stuff. Like When you stand in a line... And you have any of those repeated messages, they really get stuck in your yeah. head after a couple hours. And then when you get on the ride itself, some of those lines, I mean, I could probably, well, I, I might miss a lot now, but for a while, I could probably recite the entirety of all the uh, Indiana Jones, yeah, you know, adventure. Sala, ones. where he's like telling you to like put on your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all yeah. of those, to, the old Star Tours. Uh huh. They're warning you about, uh, you know, where to stand and then uh-huh. the little alien conversations. I mean, that sticks in the brain. What about the, you know, the uh, 
It's a small world. Oh, my oh, God. See, what, made me contemplate suicide at a very young age, <laughs> and that's not good. Yeah. I wanted to drown myself in that little boat ride. Yeah. That was early on when Disney was experimenting with mind control, and it exactly. was a little too effective. MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. I've just been acti- <laughs> I've just been activated. <laughs> yeah, but could you imagine the interview process? I mean, when you brought that up, it was it was Mickey Mouse. That interview, you just don't walk in and go, "Hey, Mickey, you got it." Probably yeah. hundreds. Every voice actor we're from here, you know, yeah. to Anaheim. Yeah, is we're lining not talking up for about fucking shit. goofy here. No, yeah, uh, hey, we ain't fucking goofy. Disney, <laughs> but um, amazing. So yeah, that's that's pretty big, and and he's done so many. Other, I guess, like non-voice acting. I don't want to call it like regular acting. I mean, voice acting is obviously very huge. But yeah. like in front of the camera stuff. I mean, I first really stuck in my mind. You said Three Stooges, um, Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, Silicon I mean, Valley as, as years later. Like, so where the doors that open like yeah. this and not like this. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm doing the thing right and now. What was yeah. the, what was the? Uh, and I, I just asked you guys the the tequila. Tres comas. Thank you. <laughs> Tres comas. <laughs> He's a member of the three comas. One more comma, Richard. <laughs> yeah. One more comma, Richard. Yeah, I guess he wanted three comas. Such a great asshole. Like, he is the show. best asshole. Oh. oh, dude. But he also plays an incredibly sympathetic role in probably. One of the most high-profile, uh, I don't know, TV properties in the last 20 years in The Office. Oh, yeah. If you guys remember, towards the end, when the, the fourth wall was just tumbling down, Michael Scott was long gone. Yeah. Uh, and they still had, and they, uh, they had the one sound guy who suddenly just dropped his mic. Brian, I think his name. Brian, I think. Uh, that Brian. sounds good. But you, you couldn't even say Demetopolis, right? I could say <laughs> Brian Opus. Brian <laughs> Brian Atopolis. But yeah, he he played even though it was only a couple of episodes, it was such an important role for the very end of that show. You know. Yeah, yeah. He is yeah. It, you do know him from that. I would say there's a 90% chance if you are in America listening to this podcast, that you should remember. It wasn't he kind of if you're overseas listening to this podcast, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah. All, all the rest of you, it's probably on Peacock. Well, and, and he actually, We're talking about the American version of The Office, by the way, in case you are the right. Oh, yeah. oh, thanks. Uh-huh. Well, and you know, he actually has a, um, he has a strange connection to something that kind of broke at the time of our recording here tonight. But uh, he had a, I believe it was a, a one-episode arc in The Sopranos. Where he played. This is breaking news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he played. No, 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 not not that he's in The Sopranos, but they just dropped the trailer of The Many Saints of Newark, and it's an amazing looking trailer, and I can't wait to see this movie. But Chris Diamanopoulos, he played Brian from The Office. He he played Jason Barone of Barone Sanitation, and he was the son of Barone. And Barone had died, and then he had a, you know, so he didn't understand how his father, who run the garbage business, was tied to the mob, and he had to learn the hard way what was going on. It was a very uh, memorable role in that show, and there's a chance that his father, Barone, is going to be in the Many Saints of Newark, because it's about garbage. And but he would, of course, be a much younger man. Well, he story, like right? he may not even be Being born because he was clearly younger than Tony. No, I mean his father would be a much younger. Yeah, 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 man. exactly, exactly. I, I'm just saying, like and he this might guy even played... looked like, say, Christy Metopoulos. 
Maybe so. Comes out. Oh, you're right. He could play in the movie. It's very, very possible that he's in this movie. I have no mm-hmm. idea. And I'll, I'll have no way of finding out. Um, but, like, this... Uh, this <laughs> I just wanted to announce right the dead end there real quick. Right but after getting paid too much. I just think it's really interesting that this guy has a connection, a real strong connection, to something that is very disconnected from Mickey Mouse and cartoons and everything like that. He gets in everything. You know, this guy, this is a perfect that one guy. Yeah. I guarantee you, back in the day, whoever did Mickey Mouse's voice... He was not allowed to work with any other studio. Oh, yeah. No. They probably had him by gunpoint when he wasn't like <laughs> up on the mic. And also, yeah, you got the guy playing Mickey Mouse. Is then on Invincible. That was originally Walt Disney. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, you I said that with Gravitas. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. So he is taking over the mantle from Walt Disney. No. Somebody did it. Well, in, uh, at in least theory. one or two people did it in between. <laughs> but I don't know their names. <laughs> Without a quick Wikipedia look. Well, that uh, I actually never knew that it really was. That's the, the voice of Walt Disney. The first couple Mickey Mouse cartoons was voice. Like the whole, the whole like woo woo. That that was all. That was all Walt Disney. What? It was that no. why the early Mickey Mouse was so anti. anti- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, is that why he was a fascist? I, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm not sure we can edit that. Out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll fix it stays that. In. It stays in. <laughs> Ironically, now one of the most capitalistic success stories you could find. Yeah. Uh, even though when we were growing up, uh, off the top of my head, at least based on our intro music, the only show I could think of Disney actually owning uh, at the time when it was airing on a Saturday morning was uh, Gummy Bears. Mm. And I almost feel like that had already started on maybe HBO or something or it got recycled. Well, wasn't it a candy? It was a candy brand. Gummy yes. bears. It was a it was a cartoon based around a, <laughs> a candy brand, which we could do a whole episode about the gummy bears. Okay, no problem. But let's let's stick to Disney. Although I don't know when they bought ABC, which would account for plenty of cartoons, I assume. Though I can't think off the top of my head which cartoons were strictly ABC. When did when did like DuckTales and um that one dude got his spinoff, the dude, the, the pilot in DuckTales. Oh, uh, Spiffy McDuck or something? Spintails? No. Something like, when did the, were that, those Saturday or were those like after school? I thought they were, I thought DuckTales was after school. Possibly. No, I, I know what you're talking about. With Baloo the Bear had his little airplane yeah. thing. And King Louie was his like, he worked at the bar with him. Right. I can't think <laughs> of it. Tailspin? Tailspin, that's Tailspin sounds Ooh, right. DuckTales. I knew there was yeah. a tail in yeah. there, yeah. there yeah. somewhere. That I think is correct. Which is still part of the Saturday morning culture. So Disney's say, influence, but it was a Saturday right. morning. Darkwing Duck. But I would say, like, Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. mostly owned Saturday morning cartoons when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, yeah. It was in, of in the 80s. Uh, and I think it was because it was all recycled from when they still owned it in the late 60s through the 70s. And it, it was also, and we've done no, it, it's apparent to me, we've done no research here. But and was, never yeah. will. That's <laughs> the Saturday morning <laughs> here. But it looks like you just kind of had to go to the people that had the animation studio. So you're like, oh, Mr. T is hot. <laughs> Mr. T, <laughs> cartoon, now. Hanna-Barbera, do it. And then so yeah, they would get Mr. T. Mr. T is like more like a And Hanna-Barbera always came back. Like, <laughs> we'll do it in two weeks for 20 bucks. And again, we're not saying at all that Mr. T was produced by Hanna-Barbera. We have no idea. We're just, this is complete congestion. I would still bet money, though. 
<laughs> Probably. Uh, but there were, yeah, there were there were some others. I feel like there was something that started with a Z that would that traded in the cheap mm-hmm. trade off product ones very quickly. Uh, it is weird, like Gary Coleman and Mr. T getting shows. They weren't even necessarily products. Well, there was also like the Karate Kid had a show. Remember, like the Miyagi Daniel had a show. Any any like hot property would pop up, and then they would just get a show. Oh, dude, Robocop, uh, Punky Brewster. But what are you had one? selling? Police Academy. It's not like Police there was Punky Brewster toys. The same way as GI Joe Transformers. It was just a cute character. They were trying to boost cartoon out. But they're just trying to boost adoption viewers. Then adoption in the United States, man. <laughs> it could have been. Big play. You don't know. Well, that was yeah. the Gary Coleman thing too. Well, this, this, by the way, listeners, what it sounds like when we get lost in the weeds. Uh, <laughs> Let's no, wait, get to this interview. On. Before we get to the interview, that does beg the question. Why were there so many orphan kid TV shows like <sighs> in the 80s? Between Webster, different well, strokes, Punky Brewster. They were terrible back then. They just like, give them to like, rich <laughs> white kids, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, and a fresh, you're, you're skipping over Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Orphan so much as lived with family. Oh, that's, yeah. He did. He was an orphan. So he much left of his own accord. I believe, there, I believe <laughs> there's a song about it, and it goes something like this. <laughs> that's all you're getting out of me. Thanks, for, <laughs> listener. Just so you know, he pointed at me like I was going to drop a beat. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do it, but okay, but never. It didn't I'm sorry. Happen. My bad. <laughs> but keep trying, Marky. I like that energy. Uh, Look, we have a lot of his career to go over, but. He talks a lot about this awesome movie. Um, I know that I saw it, and I know that Jimmy the Gent saw it. That's and right. we have a lot of interviews about this movie, but yes, we're not going to cover it all. This episode is only the beginning. This is the part one. of at least a two-part series, maybe even three, where we eventually really dive into uh, the, the uh, Justice, Society. Justice Society World War Two. Is that right? No, no World War Justice Society. Justice Society, World War Two. Okay, all right. You got it right. He had it right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll just talk about this movie for the rest of the year. Maybe the rest of the podcast. Who you knows? Know. It's a great movie. I can't wait to talk yeah. about it, but you guys haven't seen it. Uh, Jim yes. and Jet and I have seen it. Yes. My, right. my, uh, since I haven't seen it, I will, I will shut this down right now. <laughs> exactly. Enough spoilers for me. Yeah. Uh, but we did talk to Christine Metopoulos, and apparently he just happened to mention he was the voice of Mickey Mouse. Uh, Among other things. Among other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy the Gent, why don't you tell us, what did you guys talk about in the interview? No, no, well, we, 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 well, oh, I almost fell for it again. We, all right, a magic interview machine. Go ahead, just play this son of a bitch. Meanwhile, hey, Gary, sorry, Chris. Jimmy, that's all right. You lost three minutes, though, so we got to catch up quick. I'm I dig let it. let you roll, Jimmy. Say hi to Chris. Chris, Jimmy, and you guys chat away. Chris, Jimmy. how are you, Chris? Good morning. Sorry to keep you waiting. No, that's fine. Um, so let's jump right in, if you don't mind. Um, you are uh, a big, huge star in everything. You stole the role from Benicio Del Toro. You've inspired a brand of tequila. Now you star as uh, Steve Trevor in Justice Society World War II. Um, you've also no stranger to uh, DC Comics Heroes. You voiced Green Arrow. Um, and your performance, I think, is at the center of this movie. I would argue it's your performance that holds this whole movie together. Um, did you have any ideas coming into the booth, or did Wes Gleason help you find the voice for Steve Trevor? 
first of all, thanks for the uh, for the kind words. I, I really uh, I really appreciate it, and I I love what I do. So it's uh, it's so nice if what I do occasionally entertains. So that's awesome. Um, I did have some ideas, but I'll tell you what: the reason that I was freewheeling with my ideas is because of how much respect I have for Wes. I think Wes and Butch are really the, the unspoken heroes of this whole thing because the fact that they were able to weave together these performances in a way that felt like we were not only all in the room together, but that we'd all known each other for 20 years. You know what I mean? Uh, and given the fact that I was in a booth at another date and time than Stana was, and you hear our banter, it's really a testament to Wes and Butch being able to set the stage for me before anything's been drawn or rendered. You know, I love that era. I love the 30s and 40s. I love the cadence. I love the tempo. I love the lilt. And I'm a big cinephile, so I love so many of the movies from, from that era. And I, I, I went into the notion of playing Steve Trevor with the hope that I would at least be able to energetically imbue a little bit of decisive stoic Humphrey Bogart and witty rep. K. Cary Grant and and uh, Wes and Butch were keen to allow me to sort of weave it into what my natural sound is, but just enough of the idiosyncratic elements to uh, connote that Steve Trevor's from a bygone era and uh, and and really and sort of sell that '40s aspect. Yeah, and you mentioned the banter between you and Stana. You or none of the other cast ever met before doing the promotions, right? Before the like the um, that's panel cor- that's, correct. that's correct and, and, and when we did we did the panel i i fell in love with stana you know i just think that she's well first of all i saw the film and that's when i fell in love because i just think that what she's done with diana is just terrific it's really powerful and moving and and just lovely and she's got such a great sense of humor and i feel like the whole cast um we would have had a ball if we could have recorded together really really nice folks mm-hmm. um like uh, this movie has a ton of action that's I, I feel like it's exquisite, exquisitely choreographed uh, that Steve Trevor doesn't shy away from. But there's also swings back with huge emotional punches to the gut, uh, which sometimes you're involved in those. So can you describe the very unique approach or, or what I think is a new look at the relationship between uh, Steve Trevor and Diana? In this movie, it's such a great question. It's such a great question. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I saw the movie, I was like, wow, this is. Casablanca, but in the superhero universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that what they've done well, again, uh, what they've been able to manage is is giving the fans of the genre everything they want. And, and like you said, some of those action sequences where she's just blowing through the Nazis is just staggeringly uh, powerful. Um, but then using the era as an opportunity, uh, particularly for Steve and Diana, to have their banter as he's, you know, continuously trying to propose to her. I just think it's it's um, there's something so charming. Um, there's there's a throwback feel to it, but it's not alienating to a younger audience that may not be familiar with um, with that with that genre or or that uh, form of uh, of male female interplay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just think uh, I think what they've what they've done here is really create truly a film that kids can watch with their parents, and their parents will get something different from it than the kids get. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That, like you mentioned, the Humphrey Bogart stuff—it's like a dance that they do. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, 
So Steve Trevor's been, along, been alongside, fighting alongside Wonder Woman since 1941 across all forms of media, TV, video games, comic books, animation. How does it feel to put your stamp on such an iconic DC character? I mean, I, I feel like I may have said this before, um, not to you, but I've said it other right. times. I Look, I, I became an actor because I was a child once, and I was overwhelmed with joy anytime I'd watch a, a film that moved me or a TV show or a cartoon. And, and so I always just imagined that the actors that got to do the roles that moved me so much would have thought, oh, gosh, like this is the best job ever. And I remember when I was cognizant enough, probably in my like early teens, and I would read interviews of, of some of my heroes playing iconic roles, and I was always dismayed. Anytime I would read, the actor would like say, oh, I never read the source material. I didn't read the comic, or I was never into that as a kid, or – it always bummed me out because I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, you get the chance to play X. You're not going to dive deep dive into that and figure out what that means. You know, it always kind of – I was like, ah, oh, shoot. You know, it yeah. was like seeing behind the curtain. I didn't want to. And I, I kind of swore subconsciously that that would never be me. And, and so I wear it with great pride when I get to play Green Arrow or Mickey Mouse or Steve Trevor. I mean, I don't take myself seriously, uh, but I take the work dead seriously. And I know that there's a, a nine-year-old Chris out there who's going to be seeing Steve Trevor, my Steve Trevor, for the first time. So I want that kid to be all in, because the whole point of this is let's make this charade come alive so that, uh, you know, we can disappear for 85 minutes. So, no, I, I absolutely love it, and it means a great deal to me that I'm able to uh, hold some space as these characters that have lived before me and will live well after me. Uh, that's uh, I always get a big kick out of that too. Like some some people are like, ah, well, I didn't really know too much about it, but I always enjoy hearing people that do the research and take a deep dive or or have loved them for a long time, and 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 your effort that really comes across in your performance, um, the passion. Thanks, I really appreciate that, man. Thanks. Oh no, thank you. I really enjoy this movie a ton. Um, there's such a huge cast, and everybody gets the shine with so many great voices. Like I didn't even recognize Omid behind uh, Hawkman. Um, is there anybody... And what a great job he did. What oh. a great job Omid did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Such, a, such a subtle and beautiful performance. Does anybody else uh, besides... You mentioned Stan before. Does anybody else stick out or does anybody else surprise you by their performance in this movie? I think everybody has done a tremendous job. I have to say, I was a fan of Matt Bomer's long before this and I didn't realize... You know, voice acting and acting on screen are two... The different things. They're not mutually exclusive necessarily. And there are some live action actors that do very, very well, just, you know, walking right into it. And there are others that really struggle. Um, I don't know. I, cause I haven't, I haven't looked at Matt's uh, uh, background in terms of how much he's voiced animation wise, but boy, oh boy, did he blow me away with what he did. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was terrific. And then I met him the other day on the panel and what a prince of a guy, just such a sweetheart. And it comes through in his performance. You just hear that kindness. You see the sparkle in the eyes, even though all you're hearing is the voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm close to out of time. I'm probably on my way out the door here, Chris. So um, my last question would be um, when young Chris was getting up early on Saturday mornings to watch cartoons and have a big bowl of cereal, what um, cartoons did he watch and what was his favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal? I mean, so first of all, I was a big Bugs Bunny fan, fan, like the old Looney Tunes stuff. Um, But I remember watching Mask. Remember Mask and Spider-Man and his amazing friends? Oh, yeah. Big ones for me. Yeah. Uh, Huge Flintstone fan. 
And I'll say this. As a tried and true, the old school Golden Grams was my jam. Uh, but anytime my dad would bring home Booberry, that was like, what's the occasion? This is like the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, seasonal. Seasonal Booberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's uh, right. Hey, Chris, I really appreciate it. You, did, I, you really knocked this out of the park. Love this movie. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I'm pretty sure. I, I appreciate the nuanced questions, man. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much. And uh, have a great day. Um, I think Gary's probably going to. I don't. I, I, really... I am, and Sam Stone is waiting, Jimmy, so we got to move. I dig it, man. You. Hey, thanks, Gary. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. Let's gather around for a ghoulish ghost story. Please, someone say ghost. Bringing you my hauntingly delicious cereal with blueberry flavor and tasty marshmallows. I love blueberries. Silent people, <laughs> kids love my delicious cow chocula with chocolatey flavor and tasty marshmallows. It's chocolatey terrific. Hey, cool. Cow chocula. Blueberry. <laughs> you can enjoy a good nutritious breakfast. Blueberry. Cow chocula. Booberry centric in honor of our guest, Christy Metopoulos. That's right. Had a weird uh, affinity for Booberry. Uh, yeah. Just like myself, for there, the record. There's still a cereal box in this here studio of Booberry that I'm looking at right now. That's right. That's right. Did It'll you feed him that there. line, Jimmy? <laughs> you must have fed him that line. Uh, no, that was shooting from, that was all him shooting from the hip. Yeah, um, yeah I, he had no idea what Booberry fans we are here in the studio. Right, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And give it up to uh, right into that. an awesome guest. I know when Mark heard he likes Booberry, you uh, lost I your shit. Up. Yeah, but let's also give it up to Jimmy on an outstanding interview. I mean, Got no. props from yeah. the guest. I mean, we might be able to get another one, guys. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? thanks for the kind words, Jimmy. Yeah, that keep was up the nuance. I know, and uh, I, mean, I don't know if we don't got... tell us how you do it. Just sort of allude to it, but uh, yeah, I I don't know I, I I don't know I don't know how much of the the kind of behind the scenes our listeners heard, but there seemed to be some confusion of when you were supposed to start this interview. Well, yeah, yeah, like I was tripping over, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe if, yeah, we don't want to address that. I was tripping over my shoelaces a little bit at the beginning there <laughs> because I got to the interview late. Like I okay. got the call and said, "Hey, where are you?" So I had to run and turn on my computer. Uh, I guess that we got the times mis- mixed up. on probably on my end, uh-huh. but but once yeah, once we got going, I think he was he was a lot of fun and he he you know he he, he was a cool dude. Made me feel comfortable, so yeah. I got right back into it. Got right back into my groove. Well, I could say quick. your your uh, your enthusiasm and your uh, preparation really really shined through because that was a great yeah. interview. Thanks. That was hell. This is almost a, that one guy uh, episode about you. Those <laughs> questions are so good. Yeah. But no one's going to get that no, because, yeah. oh, my God, Chris Dematopoulos, the credits. God, the credits. Mm-hmm. I mean. He's got 86 or so acting credits alone, not to mention his other appearances. And they get a, lot, a lot of that might be his voice acting, which you probably recently heard in the hit uh, Amazon Prime cartoon, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was he in that? None of your business. Oh you yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite character. That was my favorite yeah. character. No, oh, it was he none your business. Ass. None yeah. <laughs> he, he was a couple different uh, roles, right? Uh, most likely, well, that's that's a, when I watched it. I thought that one guy, Doctor, like he played uh, guy, Doctor Seismic. He played, yeah, he played Doc Seismic, oh. Isotope, and Donald Ferguson. 
played. Well, Donald Ferguson, what? There you go. Yeah, he, well, who did he play in Voltron? Childish Gambino, Donald, Donald Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. He, he was also in Voltron. Uh, you guys want me to look that up? Because he played... Uh, no, don't bother, because I'm already thinking about Family Guy. Oh, he was a family guy, family a guy? downright institution. Yep. He played. Uh, he played Parker service. Stanton, Frank Maxwell, uh, Striker Fox, Millipede, Wait, Dean Martin. Didn't he, he play that in uh, Robot Chicken? He also or played. It might have been something else because he was <laughs> definitely on that. <laughs> it's easy to get Bojack all of his. He, uh, he's also, you know, as we said, so much live action stuff. We're all big community fans here. Yeah, a uh, second go around of the German foosballers. Oh, yep, right. Yep, he yep. was in that. There you go. He also, uh, regardless of where you stand as a comprehensive Arrested Development fan, I'm going to say in the worst Arrested Development season, he had a hilarious role <laughs> as the face blind uh, mm-hmm. Uber activist. Uh, also, Marky Bark. Marky Bark, exactly. Also, I'm told he was in Hannibal. I don't know. Too scary for me and my ilk, but uh, he he was also in uh, like there was like I don't know if they're still doing this, especially in a post-COVID world. But there was like this run where they were doing like live television, kind of like Scrooge, like the Bill Murray Scrooged thing, oh, where they were doing like right. live you know TV productions. And so he was in a Christmas Story live. He played oh, Old Man Parker. Musicals. Yeah, like when they were just doing prime time live. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Heck, like Johnny Heck you want to get on this uh, Wikipedia bukkake? Oh yeah, no, I I got one actually. <laughs> I got one. Um, yeah. let, me, let me put on my flash mask. On my, on my, on my, on my, little inside studio joke. Hashtag um, look for the meme. Yeah, look yeah. for the meme. Godspeed. Uh, 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 no, so in the last season of Friends, not many people know this. Uh, Jennifer Aniston was actually replaced by Chris Dimontopoulos. Played Rachel <laughs> the whole last season. You didn't even notice. Go watch it again. Yeah. Go watch it again. Snows me, bro. Like, why does Rachel have a wig on? Slow mo that shit. That's right. You never know. Incredibly versatile. Uh, and also, as I think it came up a little bit in the interview, he's part of that whole Justice League World War II, mm-hmm. which we are excited to talk about. Exactly. Let's go ahead, and even though I haven't seen it, you guys want to go ahead and sit here and spoil it for me? No. Or no. Let maybe me, we can Let wait. me just take my finger out of the dike a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. And I'll Everybody even talk about the movie if you want. <laughs> 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 but seriously, uh, we don't, I've been instructed not to say too much except for that it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, you should see Justice Society, World War II. We're going to talk about it in depth on the next episode. But especially once we get through the embargo, mm-hmm. one. Uh, it, it's actually available now, by the way. So our, you guys can go out and get it. Today's guest, Chris Diamantopoulos, is Steve, Steve Trevor is outstanding. Everybody's character is, is outstanding in this, and I guess we'll talk about it more. Everybody's well, yes, at me. We're, we're don't say too much. At this point, you have heard our Chris Diamantopoulos, Steve Trevor interview. Uh-huh. Oh, but we've got a, a Stanya Kachik. Uh, yeah, that's right. Waiting in the wings, don't we, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that correct? So correct. we have the voice of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, and the, this is this is the famous Daniel Kaczyk, right? Not just some random one? Well, I only talked to one. So <laughs> I, I know what you do. It's got to be the one. I'm hoping it's the right before. one. I'm hoping it's the yes, right one. Yes, right. she was the, she's the star of the Castle. show Castle. I don't know. It's not her name on there, but this show is really about her, kind of, in a way. <laughs> right? Uh, in the I'm, show Castle? Have I've you never seen, seen the Castle? Castle? Oh my God, I can't wait to talk about Castle in 
the next episode where we talk to Stana. Oh, uh, I can't wait. and that's so, true. So listen, everybody, this is the first time we've done it, but this is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. This now, is a this is a design two-parter. This is the uh, the the prelude. That's right. Which is a that one guy episode again. Hands together for Chris Dimitopoulos. Yeah, he's oh, a good yeah. dude. The he's guy's been dude. working for 30 years to just at least get you to pronounce his name right. And I personally hope we've helped with that. Yeah, I think I, I would say... Dimitopoulos, unless I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, Chris, or Christ, or whatever. Let me put a cherry on top of this, Bukaki. You mentioned how big of a oh. fan you were of the uh, Three Stooges movie. There. Wikipedia listed one more that they're working on, sequel to that movie. What? And he's going to be Mo again? Yes. All right, there you go. Which, again, I contend is the actual captain of the Three Stooges. Fight me if you want. Uh, but part two is coming up next week, two weeks, three to five weeks from now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, next oh, week. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Tune in for the next exciting episode. Just, just being part of this, it, it just reminds me of uh, the best of the both worlds, the Star Trek The Next Generation, where the Borg, you know, if Picard's dying or not, dun dun, dun dun. We Fire. Need that. Yeah. We need that uh, exciting kind of music dun, to take us out. Where you absolutely dun, know you're going to get resolution, dun, and I promise that's probably dun, what's dun, happening. Dun, All right. All right. That, that seems like that's about enough of this. Fire. For now. <laughs> now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.